comforting classics, fresh new content, something old, something new. Join Emma and Lucy each month for a new podcast from Fan Critical. Hello. And welcome to the latest episode of Something Old, Something New. We come to you after many, many hours of technical difficulties here in sunny England. And by sunny, I mean cold and very cold. It was particularly Uh, cold today. And I, for one, welcome uh, the lighter mornings and lighter evenings, but it is going to have to get warmer because I cannot deal with this. In my mind, winter's over. Why am I still wearing a hat indoors as we speak? It's just too cold. Well, I was going to say, if you don't recognise that voice, that is Lucy. And she is wearing a hat wearing whilst a hat. recording a podcast. I haven't taken it, it off magical. since coming into the house. So I think that's fair, to be honest. I, Emma, hello, your host, went for a run at seven o'clock this morning. It was minus one was degrees so Celsius. This morning. I also went for a run at seven o'clock this morning. Look at us. Oh, Healthy living. Look at us go. Healthy living. Um, so if you are new to something old, something new, the premise of this podcast welcome. is very simple. Welcome. Welcome indeed. Uh, you are very welcome today. Uh, the premise of something old, something new is exactly what it says on the tin. Lucy and I get together about once a month and we talk about something old that we've watched. So an old favourite, uh, something that is a comfort to us. Uh, or perhaps we're re-watching it because we're aging now and we can't remember what happened in the film we watched 10 years ago uh, and we talk about something new that we've watched and what we think about it if we'd recommend it and we've recently started using our usual fan critical blueberry system to rate these things yeah don't know, what, uh, don't know why we weren't while we discussed them before but uh better no. late than never as they say and sometimes better not to question let's all be <laughs> honest uh, <laughs> so, uh, today I am going to ask Lucy to, and I'm going to completely flip things around, Lucy to ask us to open up with her something new oh, gosh. for today's episode. Now that's what I call a cold open. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, I knew oh, we yeah. were talking about it being cold. I'm just being plunked straight in, reversing the format. I love it. That's fine. Okay, my something new this week is a film that I watched on Amazon Prime. Other streaming platforms are available, but this was on Amazon Prime. Indeed. Amazon Original. And it is a rom-com called I Want You Back, starring mm-hmm. Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's his name in it. That's his name wherever he is. I, is in my mind, he's just Charlie. Yep. And Jenny Slate, who is a very talented comedian, who um, I probably know her best from Parks and Rec as... Mm-hmm. Mona Lisa, um, Ralphio, you know, not Don Ralphio. What's his surname? I can't remember. Money, please. That's what she says. Um, and it is <laughs> actually a very funny film. And it's a rom-com that doesn't stint on the com. Because I think a lot of the time, Good. especially these streaming platforms, like Netflix is guilty for this. Their, film, oh, their yeah. rom-coms are shit. And we watch them because... They're cute. It's almost like Christmas films. Like you're expecting them to be shit. That's kind of what you're looking for. Um, but they are really shit, like on varying levels. I think the last good one on Netflix was the To All the Boys I've Loved Before films, which are good. If you like rom coms, guys, oh, yeah. they're lovely. Um the rest of it, the rest of their output's pretty dross. This is actually very good and it is genuinely funny at times and made me laugh out loud several times. Um great performances, great chemistry between the leads. 
it's predictable in that it ends the way you you imagine it's going to end, but how they get there is not predictable. Um, oh, and I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was sweet. I thought their burgeoning love was believable. Um, there's some singing involved at points because there is a stage production of um, Little House of Horrors, Little Shop of Horrors. I'd be good if I could get my. No, I thought you were going to say Little House on the Prairie, and I was like, that is rom com. That would be great, but no, uh, there's a big plant, a uh, man eating plant in it. <laughs> uh, it's also got uh, Manny Jacinto from The Good Place. I don't know if you've watched the good place. Oh, sweet. He is beautiful. And he's very funny in this as a kind of beautiful douchebag. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It's really was an enjoyable, fun, sweet film. And it surpassed my expectations because the trailer is pretty shit. But I listened to the reviews well, that- and I thought I like her and I like him. And I think they could be good together in this film. And they were. Well, that was going to be my question, Lucy, is uh, for something that sounds like the thing we'd watch at Christmas, perhaps, um, and not often something that you'd probably hope to be well rated. What drew you to I Want You Back? Please tell us your journey. I had seen on social media that, because it's released in time for Valentine's Day, it's about a month, I probably watched about a month ago, um, that it was actually good, basically, you know, when it something surpasses expectations you tend to hear about it because it's it's a surprise that it's as good as it is um so that's how I heard about it and I and it's quite it's like an hour and a half potentially like it's not long and yeah it was just an easygoing film there's a quite a amusing cameo in it um amused me anyway um it's got Clint Eastwood's son uh whose name escapes me Little Eastwood Eastwood Jr Clint Jr I don't know but he's you know fine to look at as well and it's just yeah it's a good time and it was quite sweet and yeah great some great performances and yeah i would give it four blueberries and i would recommend it for an easy watch i believe we watched it on a sunday evening and lovely yeah definitely um, a higher class of output than i'm used to in these sort of romantic comedies that are made by the streaming platforms that they're kind of there just to get viewed they're not really there to actually be any good but this was quality i'm impressed and intrigued actually i really think you should just watch it um because it's funny and it will probably cheer you up if you feel sad if you're cold I'm always cold um i'm always cold you up a bit constantly cold yeah some actually really funny uh-huh. moments and sweet moments as well oh did you did you shed a tear lucy during this film i did not shed a tear um and it's not without its faults there are a couple of moments when i thought eh is that necessary? But I was, yeah, pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Intriguing. Yeah, I think, I'm very I intriguing. think you would enjoy it. I think you would like it. Well, perhaps. So Joe's on nights this Friday evening and I thought I'd have a night in. Oh, yeah. So perhaps this is the film for my Friday night Lovely in Friday night. Maybe a bit of popcorn. Maybe some haagen Maybe a can of fizzy pop. Ooh, or something stronger. Maybe. I'll treat myself. Yeah, do it. You deserve it. Maybe fizzy pop and something stronger. Who knows? Fizzy strong. Fizzy, fizzy strong pop. Yeah. Fizzy strong pop. Um, well, thank you, Lucy, for bringing us your something new. Um, I'm going to lead us on nicely from your, you know, chilly, cold hattedness. <laughs> it's a cold hat. The cold hat. The hat for the cold. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you to my something old. Uh, we came home something from dinner the other night. Something old or right? something cold. 
Uh, wow. Yeah, am I right? It's definitely not cold. Oh, okay. It's definitely not cold. Uh, so my son, we came home from dinner the other night and I said, I know what I really want to watch. Uh, and I'm going to see how long it takes you to guess what this film is. So this film came out in 2007. Okay. It's a little long for my liking. It is two hours and one minute. That's fine. It is directed by Edgar Wright. Okay. And it has a cast that you cannot fault. I, I know what it is already. Can I say? Just so you know yeah. that I know it. Hot Fuzz. One of my all, yeah. one of my all-time favourites. Always want to watch it. So very... How can you not want to watch the Cornetto trilogy or part any part of the Cornetto trilogy at this any point? This is my favourite right? part of the trilogy. Controversial, I know, because Shaun of the Dead is probably a better film. But this is very no, in my wheelhouse. I've got a really really fond like soft spot for hot fuzz i mean okay so think about it so you got bill bailey love it bill nye all the bills martin freeman and then simon pegg and nick frost amazing and i'm pretty sure at one at one point somebody totally rogue appears and i can't remember who it was because i because i haven't seen this for you get steve coogan i as part of the police force. You do. You've got fucking Paddy Considine in there doing his best De Niro impression. You've got Rafe Spall. Thank you. Who, during this film, became a bit obsessed with him because he's just got nice curly hair. And, yeah. It's fair. And, yeah, you, totally know, you know who I... it is that's in it that is really random. There's a couple of people. You know um, his girlfriend. I want Janine. I've seen it that many times. Who is the um, crime scene investigator. That's Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? So I said that to Joe, and he is obsessed with the with the Hot Fuzz and the Cornetto trilogy in general. Um, and I and I m- immediately heard her voice and was like, "Kate Blanchett." And he went, "No, it can't be." And I was like, "You look it up on IMDb. Look at her eyes. I promise you." Oh, yeah, you can just tell the voice, the eyes, the cheekbones under the mask. You just know. You just. I mean, know. I'm pretty sure um, I watched the DVD commentary of this. Probably the only film I've ever done it of. With a oh wow, Edgar right? Nick Frost and I think Simon Pegg just talking about it, and that's where I found that out. Also, Peter Jackson is the Santa that stabs uh, Nick Pegg. Nick Pegg, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg, Nick Clegg. Yeah, blast from the past. Um, <laughs> I reckon Peter Jackson would stab Nick Clegg dressed up as Santa if given the chance, don't you? Yes, but we do not condone violence, yeah. of course. I am. Um, well, I I did my homework today. So after deciding that I was going to talk about Hot Fuzz, because I've watched a few things lately, like rewatches, I decided to to check out the uh, the deets behind the film, and uh, I did not realise or remember the tagline from Hot Fuzz, which is possibly the best part of the film. Here comes the fuzz. No, that's something no. that you said in it. They're they're bad boys. They're diehards. They're lethal weapons. They are. Hot fuzz. I don't remember that either. How good is that? That I like unbelievable. And I just think uh, this film has everything, right? It's got it's got laughs a minute. Uh there's action, there's you know, a bromance, there's tension, a mystery. It's quite scary at times and very gory. Family drama. Uh, you know, there's there's a bit of casual racism, which is not appropriate, but in its own way slightly amusing. What's the casual racism? Um, I can't remember. Okay. Very casual then. Too casual to even remember. Very casual. But of course there was a bit of casual racism. There's a tiny village cult. There's uh, a killer swan. There's some bizarre. 
There's a model village. I love the model village. Fuck off off the model village. There's Bill Nye. Any film with Bill Nye. It's a who's who, um, really, of like British greats. Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Come on. Performance of a lifetime. He is. Thank so you. That fantastic. was who I was trying to remember. Timothy Dalton is just, I mean, he is people so forget. People forget about Timothy Dalton, but he really is do. just ridiculous <laughs> in this. But it's perfect because it's like, I, I once uh, played a spy. And now I'm sort of retired and don't get much work. But let me play this role as if I'm in mid in Midsummer Murders oh, on a Wednesday afternoon, a two-parter. Murders. Oh, me too. And it is. Don't, don't you? I mean, that's what I get from Hot Fuzz. It it's like that. an action comedy Midsummer Murders, and it's just so joyful and funny. But also, there's you know some real heart. Yeah, some real heart to it. Um, and I just, yeah, it's magical. It, it really totally magical. But that swans get the shit out of me, Lucy, because huh. I am, I am terrified of swans. Apparently, they can break a man's arm. Yeah, they can. Yeah, violent, violent, giant animals. Oh, it's such a good film. Don't. It's literally one of my favorite films. I'm very such a good I'm film. Very glad. I remember when I was at uni because it came out when I was at uni. We come in from like a night out, like pissed up, and just like they just put hot fuzz on because it's just so funny. Yeah, it's maybe a touch long. For what it is, it goes it goes on a yeah. little bit. I think that's actually deliberate because they're they're kind of mimicking those films where you're like, it's over, and it's like, fuck's sake, the villain's back. They didn't die. They're here again. They're holding a knife to someone's throat. So I do think that's deliberate. But yeah, it's just so funny. I don't know if you saw actually during the big storm. So we've had some storms here in um, the UK recently, and the spire of a church in Wells where Hot Fuzz was filmed fell off no way much like it does in the film when it you know kills did it it did impale not someone impale the local journalist mm. who was about to uncover the truth about the new motorway being built through sanford but such a shame i mean yeah, i'm glad i'm glad no one got hurt but it was pretty oh yes yeah, mad no. video to see this spy church spire fall down and yeah everyone was saying it's like hot fuzz and yeah it's like yeah it is same town terrifying mm, but great film in fact we we've, we've been naming our storms like I imagine Hot Fuzz would name Storms. Yeah. Eunice. Yeah. Storm Eunice. Old, an old-fashioned name. What was the other one? Duncan. Less, was it Duncan? Less of, something D, isn't it? I think I thought it was or Dunstan. Yeah, it was a D. I think it was Duncan. I think you were right the first time. Weird. It's a bizarre set of choices, I'll be honest, that are made, really, in 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 our naming of weather patterns. Yeah. Very odd. Um, so I think that it, it, we may well be pushing on through the trilogy for, for some further, some further fun in and around uh, other similar films. Uh, although I have to ask you, because obviously not officially part of the trilogy, but um, still one of my favorites What's your opinion on Paul? Have the film haven't, Paul? Haven't seen it. Next. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, okay, let's go back <laughs> and mention the one last thing I'd like to say about Hot Fuzz: Olivia Coleman. Fuck yeah, she's in it. Gosh, yeah, just an Oscar winner. So Olivia Coleman plays PC Doris. Oh, she's uh, so funny. Who spent? She spends a lot of time talking about how she's been around the office a lot. Double entendres the, abound. It is uh, a spectacular performance that I utterly, utterly adore. 
Um, and one final fact for you, the swan, the murderous swan, was called Elvis. Oh. But what blueberries are you giving yeah. it? That's what we all want to know. Oh, well, how could you not give it five blueberries? Hot Fuzz is a masterpiece, even, let's scare ourselves here, 15 Bloody years hell. on. 15 years on, still an absolute masterpiece. It doesn't age. No, I love it. If ever it's on, I don't think. ITV2, I will always like watch it. Yeah. I'll always catch it if I can. Because I love it. Yeah, I love Sean absolutely. the Dead, but there's something about Hot Fuzz that just really gets me, inspires me, and I just think it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, great. There you go. Um, so, Lucy. Yes, I am throwing, throwing the sauce and baton. That sounds some kind of... The what now? Real... Soften? The saucen. Saucen. Something old, something oh, new. Right. The saucen baton. I thought that was some kind of ancient tribal ritual. Like, it sounds sort of... Yeah, the irony is, is that I'm fully sober as well. The saucen baton. The saucen baton. It does sound school. a little bit... No, that was the other one. <laughs> Sutton who? <laughs> Not... Thank you. I was just thinking of Polston Lacey, which is a National Trust property. <laughs> oh, Completely we irrelevant. are old. Uh, we are old. Look at us go with our National Trust memberships. Uh, Lucy, I would like to hear about your something old, please. Okay, so you have just done your something your something old about police force, bit corrupt, potentially. Well, it is, it is corrupt, as is the rest of the community. I have finally finished The Wire. Yes, it's done. No way. Completed it, mate. That is I'm not mental. adjusting to real life well because last night I had a dream that I was at a school reunion with the cast members of The Wire. <laughs> Literally, I was like, where's Idris? Is Idris going to turn up? Where's Michael K. Williams? Oh, That's... no, he can't be here because he died. Like, yeah, so it's very much still in my oh, God, psyche. Yeah, um, yeah crazy. Like, I just... It got under our skin so much that, yeah, I just can't believe that I'm not going to see these characters anymore or spend any more time on the streets of Baltimore with them. How um, how long did it take you to watch The Wire? So, you know what? The, the seasons have maximum like 13 episodes. So it's not that bad. And there's five no. seasons. So it's not it's not unmanageable at all. Um, so we'd started, I, when, when Michael K. Williams died, I was like, I want to rewatch The Wire because I had mm. only seen the first season. So it is something old in that it's an old show and I have seen it, but I haven't, haven't finished it. So it could really fit into either category. Um, so that was, when was that? Like October time? So I think we started in October-ish. So October, Yeah, that October, sounds about right, November, Um, obviously over Christmas we didn't watch any, so it's not taken long, um, and I think when you binge a show like this, obviously it didn't come out in that. It's not been available in that format, really. Um, it is different. And I think no. each season is sort of set in a different aspect of life in the city of Baltimore. And that could be lost a little bit when you binge it because it's a bit harder to differentiate the seasons and say, well, this one's best and that one's best. And this happens in this season. So I, I would struggle to probably remember exactly what happens when but yeah it's absolutely um funnily enough the critically acclaimed show the wire is actually good yes correct it's very good shock horror yeah, who thought surprise who thought? um yeah it's absolutely fantastic loved watching it loved really like committing myself to it and really 
paying attention and being becoming completely absorbed in it. And I think there's mm. not that many shows nowadays where you have to do that. It's very, you know, look at your phone, zone in and out. Yeah. A lot of shows, they don't demand that from you. And I know it was a struggle, like, especially for Aaron watching it at first. Um, he was like, who's that they're talking about? And I'm like, I don't know, but we'll find out. And it just... It yeah. relies it's on the viewer. It's that patience thing we don't have. Yeah. It very much relies on the viewer to be patient, to watch, and you will find out who that is. And you just have to pay attention, be sharp, and be committed. And I understand why not everybody is up for doing that these days, but I found it quite an escape, as grim as some of it is, just to go into this completely different world. Um, acting mm. out of this world, there are some amazing performances. So obviously... Michael K. Williams as Omar is one of the best characters that's ever been created. That's kind of, that's canon now. Every, everyone like accepts that. Um, it launched the career of Idris Elba, who is fantastic as Stringer Bell. Um, Dominic West, obviously, is the lovable rogue, sometimes not so he's lovable. He's so forgotten, Dominic West, He's, he's been he? in like... so much though, and he's everywhere. And he's always the same mm. kind of, he's never just a straight good guy. I mean, in The Wire, he's a cop. I mean, not not saying that the cops are automatically good guys. He's a drunk. He's very much an adulterer. Um, he's a bit of a sleaze, a bit of a loser, but he's good police, as they say. Um, Michael, not Michael. Well, no, actually, yes. Michael B. Jordan's in it in the first season, Tiny, when he's really young. Shit, yeah. And it's just, yeah. The last season is a bit, it goes a bit stupid. It jumps the shark, as they say. But it doesn't take away from what an achievement it is. And I think how it changed television mm. and how people watch television, what they're willing to kind of go through to watch television. Um, and yeah, I am a bit sad that it's over and we kind of don't really want to start anything else because nothing can compare at the moment. Uh, we don't want to start anything. That's the difficulty. Yeah, when, you, when you've had something that good and it's held up to be that good, you realise actually it's fine It's fine to watch, you know, stuff that's not the same, but if there's any dramas, like there's something we're watching, I think you're going to mention it later, so I won't say anything. And I think going yeah. from The Wire to that, we're like, this is just so serious and quite sombre and dull, whereas The Wire was very full of life and full of the way that people mm. speak, the way that... Um, it's basically the American dream gone wrong and this is the reality of it across all aspects of society. So you've got journalism, you've got the schools, you've got the docks, you've got the police force, you've got the streets, you've got politicians. Um, it's really a whole world and I just, yeah, I can't recommend it highly enough to people that haven't watched it. Probably not many of them around, but if you haven't, it's worth the commitment and it is, of course, five blueberries. Despite the dodgy last season, it doesn't, it's not like Game of Thrones where, you know, now I, I wouldn't really recommend Game of Thrones to someone to watch because of how bad no. it gets. Whereas the why is a bit silly towards the end, but it doesn't ruin the overall enjoyment or quality. And I just absolutely love it. Love the characters. You, you sound quite bereft. I am. I, I mean, the fact that I dreamt about it, um, you, you spend so much time with these characters Um getting to know them getting to know their lives and yeah you, you know some of the endings you're just like oh my god like i would rather this character have died than go through what they're gonna end up going through um oh yeah i just i think it's superlative tv and it's like the great american novel you know but in film form you can always well, rewatch I, it i think that's the thing it, i suppose <laughs> 
and you say it really did change television because what it did was it 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 got people to commit to you know years of a show yeah. and to the characters and to the world and it's the the kind of thing really that I don't think you really had on television much beforehand in that respect you probably more had it in a book you know if you read a series of books and you remember well you remember we were all reading Game of Thrones yeah. before George R R Martin decided he didn't want to finish writing them um you know how utterly absorbed you were by wanting to get to the next page and the next page and the next chapter and the end of that book and the next book and wanting to really commit yourself to the world of Westeros, you know, and I know that's a completely different genre, but... No, but it is that. I, it's the it, world building that occurs and yeah. the way nothing is given to you straight off the plate. You have to earn it by watching, by paying attention and you know it's going to come and you know that if you pay attention, mm. listen closely, which I believe was the tagline for The Wire, um, the show, listen closely, you know you're going to get the rewards and yeah, the rewards are just like fantastic, yeah. I loved it. It's... An- there's something really um, special about that sort of thing um, because it doesn't happen very no, often. No, it doesn't. And I think that, that that's a real testament to the cast, to the writers. Yeah, I mean, the um, writing you know, is fantastic. It, and the ear that they have for the language of the streets is just, it all feels so authentic to me, like a white person from Kent. But, it, you know, you really feel like you're, <laughs> you're there and it, it all is ringing really true and... You know the a young white lady from the Garden of England, and it's, it is a similar thing to Game of Thrones. Like there are no heroes really. There are people trying their best, but they're not perfect people. People make mistakes, and even the quote unquote bad guys. There's a code there with a lot of them. Um, there's a way of living, and you can see why they behave like that sometimes. Like it's just yeah, I can't, I can't fully believe yeah that it's over. So we're we're going to take a little break from prestige shows. I think we'll probably do The Sopranos next. And then I can see which um, is best out of the two behemoths of uh, prestige ooh. television. But yeah, ooh. The Wire. Well, I, I'm going to re I'm going to readmit to everybody that I've never seen The Wire, and I have never seen The Sopranos either. And it's funny because I think that uh, we were talking about this the other night. So I I now love a TV show because I I like to be able to go right. There's 45 minutes, and now I can walk away, mm. or I can watch. 10 of them in a row if I want to and it's sort of like never ending um in a way you know it takes up quite a bit of your life yeah if you're gonna watch a kind of mammoth show whereas I think in my younger years uh I was less interested in series and more interested in film so I think I just sort of missed the boat a bit on stuff like that yeah and I mean so um, did I I mean I watched the first season on DVD back when Netflix was literally them sending you DVDs you may remember that oh my god do you rem- I do yeah. remember that we're old enough to remember that kids um but no it's, I, I fully get it. and then you look at how many episodes there are and you're just like oh like I'm never gonna do it but it is, it is like, you know, when you're reading a great book and you're actually excited to go to bed and read it, this is what it's like. It's like, oh, going to carry on with the wire. Going to carry on with the wire. Yeah. Like, just absolutely loving it, every chapter of it. Um, and then when you finish that book, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll read something else. But it won't be as good or it won't, I won't have the same feeling. So you kind of have to have a little break and that's yeah. kind of how we feel. But yeah. I think that's quite powerful, though. It is. That something has been so impactful on your mind and your life that you need a breather from that 
source of media um, in order to, you know, reset. I, To be honest, I am... Um, I've nearly finished re-watching the really terrible show that I'm watching at the moment. Uh, so when that's finished, I think it might be time. Might be time for The Wire. I recommend it. And then what you can do is, as you get to certain points, you can message me and go, this has just happened. And I can go, oh my God, and talk about it with someone. Oh my God, so what? Is, you need that. You need a sponsor if you're going to be watching The Wire, I think. Yeah, a support. Mm-hmm. I'm so... Do you know what, Lucy? I'm very pleased for you that you finished it in a way, <laughs> but I'm you. also... I also sad I am for sad. You I do feel sad. I feel a bit empty in the evenings now. Like there's nothing fantastic to look forward to, which makes me sound like I just don't have a life. But it's true. I don't. You know. Well, it's cold outside. It's just to loop back to the beginning of the uh, episode, it's fucking cold. It hasn't gotten any warmer. You know. No. I have a child. I am in most evenings. Okay. I like to have something good to do while I'm in. And I'm not doing DIY. I don't go out after dark no, anymore. Reverse vampire. Too cold. Yeah. I like to stay, I go out when the sun is out and then it, when it gets dark, I stay inside and I don't wear real clothes. Yes, correct. That's... I wear hats indoors. That's what you call winter hmm. in in England. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm excited. Now. I'm excited for you. I'm excited about the prospect. Oh. Oh. Um, well... To cap us off, and I think this will probably elicit a similar conversation in some respects, um, I'm going to bring you my something new, which is also slightly a something old. So uh, the final season of the BBC drama, Peaky Blinders, has just begun. It has indeed. Uh, we've, We've just watched episode two. Um, and I am so engaged with it that I wanted to bring it as my something new today to the podcast because I I think I started watching Peaky Blinders when it was on like season four, season five, and I binged my way through them. Yeah. Um, and then we recently, uh, towards the end of last year, rewatched all of them as well uh, in preparation for the final season. Wow. And I just, uh, but again, because we'd seen them, I didn't pay much attention to them. And I sort of dipped in and out it's all and the just same. Sort of thought, well, I've just, it's all the same. I'll keep up with it. Uh, there's just, I think because it's the final season, I am very, very excited to see what happens. And I think the clever thing is that it is being released weekly. So they haven't just gone, here's your final yeah. season, go. Which actually means that we have a Sunday night again. You know, Sunday night, nine o'clock, it's everything else goes off. It's it's Peaky Blinders time. Do you think it's so good for Sunday doesn't... night TV, though? Because we were discussing this last night. Sunday night, in fact. I'm not sure, but we watched it last night and I slept okay. And then I got up and went for a run. So I think it's all right. Bit sombre. Might have... It is a bit sombre, isn't it? But Actually, you, you... It is a bit sombre. You somber. do your, your spiel and then I'll give you my own spiel uh so for anyone who's not familiar peaky blinders is uh about the peaky blinders who are a family of gangsters come businessmen come mad men um which the seasons start off in like the early 1900s so just after uh the first world war um and now we're up to just pre-second world war uh, one of the things that Peaky Blinders has started doing in the last couple of seasons ha- is featuring very prominent political figures in the show, which has received 
some criticism. So, for example, in this season, uh, a lady just appeared mm. on the arm of Sir Oswald Mosley, and, uh, and Joe went, "Who's that?" And I went, "That, darling, is Diana oh, Mitford." I said the same. I was like, "That's Diana Mitford." The Hitler was at their the wedding. Nazi. She wrote books. Yes, and sisters. She was mental. They were all a bit, uh, and they were incarcerated. They're a fascinating family. Uh, I don't know if I've recommended to you the book about the. Mitford I want to read it. I think it's called the. Very interesting. It's very good. People. They are fascinating. Um, now there is a bit of controversy over whether they should be relying so much on historical figures, but it is based on a real group of people mm, who they did, existed. as as IMDb said, so razor blades in the peaks of their caps so they could attack people with them and protect themselves, perhaps. And I think one of the things that's interesting about the show is it's, it's taking you through, like, Industrial Revolution and, um, you know, prohibition and trade across mm. the country and across the seas. Um, but it is also dark and grim and depressing and there's a bit of gypsy traveller lore and curses and interesting things, which I really like. I really enjoy it. And I think you have to acknowledge the stellar cast here. I mean, Killian Murphy is... I mean, who thought he was ever going to be the heartthrob he became as Tommy Shelby? Doesn't make any sense. His hair... It makes no sense. ...is what makes him ridiculously hot. Everybody fancies him. Every man fancies him. Every who woman. knew? Just um, just ridiculous. He's such a like drab um, character, really. Like he's so like monosyllabic and cold, like and vicious. Yeah, vicious. And and then also, even Tom Hardy as Alfie Solomon, who is disgusting, is still hot. Didn't I mean? How many spoilers are we allowed to give for previous seasons? Spoiler warning! Uh, warning uh, now. I thought he was dead. Well, yeah, but then he came back. Two seasons ago, he faked his death. Stupid. But then he came back again. Anyway, I don't really remember a lot about the old seasons. It all got a bit samey for me. Um, That's kind of why I had to rewatch it, because I'd forgotten. Spoiler warning, 30 seconds, uh, that John yes, dies. That, I mean, I think I gave that away to Len when I was very drunk. And he was watching it. And I was like, <laughs> has John died yet? And he was like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, sorry. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Spoiler still. I mean, how... How he's died and Arthur hasn't I is just beyond hate me. Arthur. Another thing that puts me off a bit, I'm like, I just, every season I was like, when is he going to die? When is he going to get got? I fucking hate him so much. And he never dies. I, but... I have to say, though, that the fact you hate him so much, I think is just a testament to how good Paul Anderson it's is. Not, yeah, it's, I mean, good performance, but I just think the character is just, and I don't feel like he's, um, positioned in the show to be someone you're supposed to really hate. I don't think he's positioned as the villain. And I'm not saying he is, but I just, I just find him vile. I really dislike him and don't want him to do well. Mm. I'm very sad about Polly not being in it because obviously, I was about to bring up the yes, fact. I don't know if you want to continue with that. Uh, well, so last year, really sadly, we lost a powerhouse of an actress. Uh, both on stage and on screen in um, Helen McCrory, yeah. uh, who played Polly in Peaky Blinders. But amongst many, many other things, I've seen her in some amazing national theatre yeah, productions. She's been fantastic. in just so much. And she's such a such an incredible loss. And I think 
it was very difficult to know how they were going to handle her character no longer being able to be in the show. And I think they did okay. It was a really well done tribute to her and very moving. I didn't realise mm. she died before they start filming. Um, I thought we might get some of her. But I do think her loss is felt and I think it's somber, obviously because of the loss of Polly, the character, but there's no life in the show so far, these two episodes. No. We were watching it last night and I was like, this is really... I'm not really feeling this. I'm not really enjoying it. I was like, there's no... Mm. Like, she was had a bit of sass and a bit of spark. Everyone yeah. in it is just... <sighs> so And a bit of laughter yeah, and joy, I think. Vitality. And I, there's nothing. I think what, you, what you've got is you're missing um, Esme. She's... John's wife. Back, so that's good. Need some more women in it. Yeah, just to well, add a bit of... We haven't got Linda, who kind of tempered a lot of the women. So all we've got is... Um, Lizzie, who's just uh, again Tommy's uh, wife, who is very sad and depressing. The possessed child. That's interesting. I like um, that. That's that to me. A, I really like that gypsy bloodline surrounding. With gypsy law, very interesting. Much more interesting than all this. Uh, how many times is a man going to say, "I gave up drinking four years ago"? It's like this first episode uh, was basically uh, him turning down drinks. I I have found it. Quite it was basically boring, Tommy, quite, quite dull. I thought the second episode was better, although you could very clearly see. So, Ada, who I think Sophie Rundle plays really well. Yeah, I like Ada. Ada made a very good point. She went, I'm trying to be Polly, but I'm not Polly. And I think that was a real call out to the fact that, like you said, Helen McCrory brought something so vivacious. Yeah. It's just a tangible quality that she brought to every scene and just the character, not only the character, but the performance. And without that, it's very drab and it's just plodding. It was a bit better this second episode. That what's her name? The American girl Gina. Ooh, I think Anna, Anna oh. Taylor Joy is a very good actor. Anna Taylor Joy, yeah. But that character, I think Michael is a bad actor as well. I think he's doing a bad yeah, impression. Yeah, he's stiff. I have to admit that um, I absolutely fucking dis buys Gina yeah and I think that is the point so it's a good performance but I just don't really want to see any of of her really no I've very little interest um but I am looking forward to seeing how the last season goes and how they how they see it out I'm really looking forward to Esme coming back and seeing what happens with that kind of kind of curse part of things and you know just generally exploring how they how they close I can't believe he's going to turn into a fascist this is very much a letdown of all my socialist leanings is he though well is he though if he's trying to make money off it I think that's pretty bad I also thought right this is how right so I had to have my eyes tested because my eyes are terrible I've got a sty everyone listening at home on my eye Emma can see it oh you have bless Um, you we were watching it in bed last night and I was like drifting off and when this isn't really a spoiler because it's me thinking someone was someone they weren't. You know, it's Jack Nelson in the church and you sort of saw him from the side. I thought it was Tom Cruise. And I was like, wow, where the cameo? It's Tom Cruise. <laughs> he turned around I was like, I need a bigger prescription it's because it's not Tom Cruise. And he's also like <laughs> a foot taller than um, Killian Murphy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't Tom Cruise, babe. And I thought Jack, Uncle Jack That's could hilarious. be Jack Kennedy because of the older Boston politics corruption but i don't think he is because he hasn't got the same surname i hope it gets no better. and i'm quite glad they didn't and do I hope that it livens up because it's just a bit 
shot in darkness, very like portentous. It's not the way people really speak in real life. Everything sounds very like it has. I think we need meaning. a party. We need a we need a Peaky Blinders party. Yeah. That'll help. That'll solve the problems. Yeah, bit of dancing. Yeah, bit of drinking, bit of I music. Mean, I watched the you first know, five other seasons. Than dark streets. So I feel like, and I think they are patchy in quality, um, but I feel like I have to see this out. Yeah, I will. Um, I will blueberry it for you. And I agree, it, it fluctuates in tone and quality. But it, I, I still think overall, it's a four blueberry okay. show. I think I'd give it a solid four. That that is just tipped over the edge by certain characters and certain storylines i think without some of them it probably might dip down into a three but we'll see we'll see what the final season does for yeah. us yeah see how it averages out yeah indeed we will um well that's something old and something new from both lucy and myself today good ones it's been fascinating very good ones i'm impressed by the speed at which you uh guessed hot fuzz fucking love it because it was a lot quicker when you interrupted me I could see it in your eyes I know it I know it um I'm delighted and yet saddened for your finishing of the wire I can't wait to see I want you back so good and um to continue to discuss what might happen in the rest of Peaky Blinders yes well we can catch Um, up on that yeah on our next episode we can give a little like is it any good yet little shout out little shout out um but that'll be that'll be it from us for now. Uh, what I'd like to tell you is that some very exciting things are happening in the fan critical universe. The lads are all going to be physically together for their next episode Ooh. of, I mean, the minute the minute men, them, I guess. where they will be discussing among other things the Batman, uh, which has had quite spectacular reviews. So uh, planning to see it on Saturday. We'll let you know. Um, what we think so do tune in for that that'll be out next week I believe and uh, then we will have some more how the fuck have you not seen that and uh, a couple of event movie podcasts coming up in the next few weeks because there's lots of exciting things coming out Um, so thank you Lucy for bringing me something old and something new oh you're very welcome Um, and thank you everybody for listening welcome to those of you who are new you're most welcome. Uh, have a lovely rest of your week, day, night, life. whatever time you happen to listen. Life, if this is the last <laughs> time. Thank you for sticking with us for so long. Um, this is us for now. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha